For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Happy New Year and welcome to Believe in Celtics brought to you by Ben Online. I am Warren Shaw and he is the great Gary Washburn and we are your host and resource for everything Celtics this season. Gary, Happy New Year, man. What's going on? Good, Warren. How's it going, man? Happy New Year. Hopefully everybody's having a good 2023 so far. Uh, enjoying all the sports, all the crazy bowl games. Uh, mm. I don't know if you, you know, big college football fan like I am, but, you know, just been a real entertaining sports week so far. Yeah, man, it's a wild, it's a wild time of year. You know, the holidays, New Year's, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot going on, a lot for again the sports fans to kind of get into. You know, I think last time we spoke, you know, the NFL was made their entrance into Christmas Day and actually dominated. You know, those TV ratings and much of the chagrin of the NBA. So I'm sure you know that'll be something that they'll have to investigate moving forward. But in general, yeah, it's just an amazing time of year. And as Gary alluded to, we hope all of the, all of our listeners are, are enjoying their new year thus far. Um, we definitely are enjoying it on our side. And you know, Celtics didn't start off the new year with a win, but that's okay. You know, still doing doing very well within the NBA and the Eastern Conference specifically. And uh, again, you know, we're going to get into all of that. So before we do that, you know, we'll just always, as always, make sure you're following everything on the Believe Network. Uh, make sure you're following Gary on Twitter at G Washburn Globe. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA. So before we get into the crux of the show, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say rumors, but some some hints, a couple phone calls, I guess, have been made about one Peyton Pritchard. Um, so that's how we're going to start today's show. We'll talk a little bit about those rumors, and then we'll go into some New Year's resolutions, you know, for the Celtics in the Geno Time segment of, of, of our show. But Gary, what have you heard on the Peyton Pritchard front? 
Um, well, what's going on there? Uh, would the Celtics really consider moving him? Or do they just more or less need to keep him? I don't want to say for insurance because I'm not, not trying to disrespect his skill set, so to speak. Um, but but in general, you know, where do you where do we think he stands here in, in, in the future of, of the Boston Celtics for this specific season? Yeah, it's a tough one, Warren. I mean, he's a guy who has, you know, had his moments with the Celtics, played a lot as a rookie. Um, last year, didn't play as much under Ime Udoka. And this year, it's kind of been the same. Um, I know, you know, it's like he played, uh, you know, kind of, I think he got a DNP one game. The next game, when uh, I think Marcus Smart was out, he's in the starting lineup. And it's just a little, it's been a little unfair to him, a little inconsistent. But, you know, when you add Malcolm Brogdon, you're trying to go for a championship, you know, uh, you, you can't think of, uh, you know, sparing feelings here. So I am not surprised that other teams are interested, sorry, in Peyton Pritchard. He's a guy who can stretch the floor, play a little point guard. He's tough. He gets, you know, he's like a guy that can just run a team. And I, and I, and I think of the, the McConnell kid in Indiana, the guy who's just a damn pest. You know, I mean, that guy just, I mean, McConnell, Alvarado in New Orleans, one of those guys that just could be a, if you let him get get some quality minutes, he could be a real pest out there, a guy who can make plays. And unfortunately, I think in Boston, um, it just hasn't happened yet. And, you know, having talked to Peyton over the last, you know, several weeks or whatever, like he understands that it might not work out in Boston. Mm-hmm. He's seen guys like Aaron Neesmith be traded, Romeo Langford get, get moved, guys who were first-round picks um, and have to play, let's say, uh, for a team that's not as successful as the Celtics would get that quality playing time as I think we've seen Neesmith now kind of start to flourish a little bit, start to find himself and get his feet under him uh, in the NBA with the Pacers and making plays and not, you know, maybe not that Desmond Bain kind of knockdown shooter that, that everybody wanted, uh, but a guy who could defend and get that big dunk on um, – Jared Allen the other day, but I think Peyton might see his future. Like, you know what? I might need to go somewhere else to get the minutes and to, to expand my game as I want to. And I think that that's just part of what happens when you have a, a team, when you're loaded, when you got depth, when you add, basically you, you add a Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, the, the Celtics could have easily, you know, and I'm not saying it would have been a popular move, Warren, but, just said, okay, we're just going to run it back. We made the finals last year. We're going to run it back with basically the same team, and we're going to hope that Peyton Pritchard takes a step forward and becomes that backup point guard. And who knows? Would that have worked out? Would that have been successful this year? We don't know if, let's say, if you gave Peyton 18 minutes a game, how that would work out. But instead, they traded for Malcolm Brogdon, right. uh, who is now kind of the you know sixth man uh, and – so Peyton, that leaves Peyton as like the third guard, you know, and and then also, uh, you know, Warren, you got a guy kind of coming on the horizon for next year is like J.D. Davidson. Yes, sir. Um, the guy, that, you know, the, the the second round pick, they really like him. He's in the G League now. He's getting those reps that they need, that they want him to get. And I think next year he's going to come into camp and he's like, hey, I ain't going back to Maine, brothers. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know. I'm gonna get it. I'm 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 gonna stay up here, you know. So I think they look and say, okay, they're kind of good at that position, but what would it take? What would you want in return for Peyton Pritchard? 
Would you want a he, – he was a first-round pick. Do you want a, a – I don't think they'll get a first-round pick in return. Those things are valuable. Do you want another uh, role player, bench player? Do you want a shooter? Like, you know, what would Peyton Pritchard attract in the market considering Warren he's not playing much? You know, yeah. you, you, you probably not a whole lot. And I'm, that's not a knock against Peyton. It's a knock that his resume doesn't have a whole lot on it. So I think the Celtics, I don't think there's something to think about, but I think come trade deadline. And now we're, what, five weeks from trade deadline, six weeks from trade deadline. Um, the Celtics are going to have to start thinking about, okay, what do we want to do to enhance this roster? Do we need uh, Pritchard on this roster? If we can get, let's say, another another shooter, another a guy who could score. Um, I tend to think that they need – they're not getting, and we can talk about this later. Like, they're not getting a lot behind besides Allen, sorry, no, Tatum and Brown right now. They're just not, right. you know, that Denver game, you know, they didn't get a lot. You know, they, those guys were, you know, damn near the whole team. So, what do they need another shooter? Do, you know, what would it take? So, I think there's going to be interest in him because he's a guy who I think, like, if you look at us at Alvarado, the success he's had. Uh, McConnell in Indiana, kind of a, a, a good guy. Everyone needs a guy to come off the bench and run a team. You know, yeah. it is is Peyton going to be a starter in this league uh, during his career? Probably not, you know, in terms of a, you know, a quality team. Um, can he be? I think he's capable, but he'll need some reps and some time. So uh, I tend to think that the Celtics will, will be open to all possibilities. I think Brad Stevens is going to do whatever it takes to enhance the roster because we we talked about before Warren like this is the year I mean mean, there is no great team in the NBA and Celtics have had the best record um you know would would you be so frightened if they ran into Denver again in the NBA finals and Denver's now the number one team um in the west and I think they played a pretty tremendous game uh, the other day, you know, against the Celtics to win, a, a lot of guys stepped up that don't usually. So I think the Celtics feel like, listen, when we're right, we can beat these guys, we can win the championship. So I, I think that there's a possibility he could be moved, but it would have to procure them something, that, you know, clear a roster spot for a guy to bring in, something like that, where it's going to do them. They're not just going to move him because he wants to play more. Yeah. yeah, Gary, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, and, and as you alluded to, you had a chance to speak with Peyton. So I guess my sense of it is like he understands the situation, right? He, he knows, knows what business. it is. Um, so he's not going to cause a problem, but understands that, hey, maybe at some point, even maybe this season before we get to the trade deadline or maybe in the offseason draft, et cetera, et cetera, that he may need to find another destination. Have you heard about any specific teams that are looking at him? Because as you're talking, I'm thinking like, damn, you know, again, in that same role, where could he go? I'd I could potentially see him behind Josh Giddy in OKC, you know, maybe a role like that too, you know, giving them some, some, some bench scoring. They have a lot of young guys who can score off their bench as well too, but I think Pritchard's maybe a little bit more competent than maybe some of what they have there too. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing out that as, as an example. Have you heard any teams specifically that might be sniffing around? I haven't heard any, any teams uh, specifically that have just like, Hey, we want Peyton Pritchard, mm-hmm. but I do think that teams obviously look at each other's rosters and they see the guys, certain guys aren't playing, aren't uh, getting a role. And I think that, that, that Pritchard's on the radar of a, a, of a guy who could probably be had because the Celtics um, are at this point going for, 
at all. And, and Pritchard's not part of the rotation at this point. He kind of is here and there. I don't think it's very fair for Missoula to start him a game after he played like five minutes. You know, I, I just yeah. think that's putting him puts him in a tough position. Or, you know, hey, uh, hey, Peyton, we're down 13 points at halftime. Go out there with uh, Luke Cornett and spark us to, you know, get a couple steals and get the crowd going and and, and get us back into this game. It's just a lot um, to, 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 to put on a young guy like that. So I, I do think that it might be best for him, unless you're going to give him some minutes, give him a shot, you know, give him another chance somewhere else. And I said before, when you got guys like a, a J.D. Davidson, who I've looked at in the G League, and I said he's <laughs> – I think he's still 19, maybe maybe 20, and he is getting those reps down there in the G League. And I said he's going to come next year, and they're going to look and go, okay, we can't have Peyton and Davidson and Brogdon. You know, something's got to give. Yeah. So uh, as you bring that up, you know, again, my mind starts to wonder, you know, salaries don't match, but I don't know if you look at Miami and see a Duncan Robinson, you know, a guy who, who supposedly was a shooter, you could figure out to match the salaries, you know, could you do a swap there? So I think they could probably use some some different help. Yeah, but Robinson they're, they're, makes 17 million. That's a yeah. thing. Robinson's on that crazy five-year, $90 million contract. So if you, like, I think the Celtics would love to have a guy like that, but I also think, like, you got to match the salary. So, right, right, that's what I'm saying, and I, for sure. And I think Miami would love to, like, you know, move him, but – that's what happens when you sign these guys to these long-term deals and then they don't work out. They're hard to move because you got to take someone else's bad deal back or an expiring contract or a team has a really like Duncan Robinson enough to want to pay him the rest of that deal. So yeah, you, you, you know, Peyton's still on his rookie contract. He's up for an extension uh, this summer, yep. you know, is so that stuff gonna, like that would probably have to wait. You yeah, know what I mean? is that going to happen? Is that going to, you know, it's a lot that's going on. But I do think, though, that he's somebody who feels, probably feels like I, I, I want to play and I don't know if it's going to be here. So conversely, and we'll wrap up the conversation on Peyton Pritchard here, um, is he at the stage where would he be better served going to the G League? Or is that just too big of a slap in the face for him? Because obviously he can get the reps down there. He's gonna he'll tear it up, so to speak. But is he is it better for him to just kind of toil with the big club, so to speak, and then as opposed to getting the reps, maybe even show a little bit of shine if he were to go to the G League in any capacity? I don't think the G League. I think he's too good for that. I think that's something you know. I don't think he need. I think he needs playing time at the NBA level. I don't necessarily think he needs reps at the G League level. I don't know how much that's gonna prove for him. Um, but I, I also I also think they could uh, give him an opportunity to play a little bit more. And if and at this point, um, Warren, like if Brogdon is struggling, if you know what I'm saying, like it, it could be a, it could be a situation where uh, you know you want to give give him maybe a more give Peyton a little bit more time, a little bit more burns, and see what happens. That's my opinion. And and I you know Brogdon has, has been solid, not spectacular so far. Um, you know he, he's had some you know some some glitches here and there. I, I don't think he's been great of late. I think I think I got off a, to a pretty good start. Uh, you know, but they 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 need better Brogdon. And if and if he's not better, 
then why not give Peyton an opportunity? Especially a game like the Denver game where nobody, Jalen was the only one who basically showed up to play. Right. You know, Jason, Jason was okay, n- nothing great, and, and none of the rest of the guys showed up. I'm sure that's the type of game that um, Pritchard says, like, why can't I get it, get some burn here? You know, and, and I understand he's probably frustrated. Well, hopefully Peyton continues to maintain a, a positive attitude, understanding the situation and the Celtics figure out a way to play him or move him on to a better destination, but still figure out a way to improve their overall roster. Um, well, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll be back here to give the Celtics New Year's resolutions here on the Geno Time Celtics, Geno Time segment of Believe in Celtics. We'll be right back. And on this week's edition of Geno Time on Believe in Celtics brought to you by Ben Online, we're going to discuss New Year's resolutions for this Boston Celtics team. So we won't go too, too in-depth. You never know. You know, with me and Gary, we can kind of get off into the weeds a little bit. So we'll just pick one each, right? And I wanna, I'm going to open the floor to you first, Gary. What is one, year, one New Year's resolution that you'd like to see for the Celtics? I want to see them add another player to this equation. I want to see them add someone who can put them over the top. I think that you can try at this point, Warren, to make a run with this current roster. But I think as we've seen over the last, a uh, little bit less than the last, about the last three weeks, um, it, there's some deficiencies there. The rebounding isn't quite there at times. Um, you know, and some of the guys that they have that could perform are struggling, Right. Sam Hauser struggling, Brogdon struggling, Al Horford just, you know, he's he's up and down, but he's 36, about to be 37 in June. That's what's going to happen. Um, Grant Williams has been up and down. I think if you're a championship team, you add another piece to this equation. And I don't, you know, know now do you sign, a, and I've written this and people give me a hard time, do you bring Carmelo Anthony in? I'm just throwing that out there. Do you bring – Dwight Howard in from Taiwan. Do you bring a guy in that could be a little bit of a risk, but the reward could be big? You could get that guy could get you 10 boards in a game. He could get you um, you know, a big play, a defensive play, or a big three-pointer. I think that you can't have too much at this point. And I think if you're the Celtics, and this is the year, we look at around the league, Warren, we see. Phoenix is struggling. They're, you know, they got pounded by the Knicks. They're they're injured. They're struggling. Um, you know, the Lakers are, are down. The Clippers are hit. Like every team in the West is got to detract. If Denver's the best team, I think if the Celtics, you'll take that, right? If Denver comes out of the West, I think the, the Celtics will take their chance in a seven game series with the with the with the Nuggets. Okay, and we don't know. We'll see the Pelicans in terms of uh, you know, the Pelicans come to Boston and next week. So that should be an interesting game. And, um, you know, uh, the Celtics have already beaten Memphis. So I know that they come to the Garden, I think Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll see some of the, the best teams in the West over the next couple uh, uh, weeks, Warren. But I think if you're the Celtics, and this is the year you make a move. My relatives, is they make a move, another move, not just ride it out with these guys and cross your fingers that, Sam Hauser's going to get hot or Brogdon or Grant. Like you bring in a guy that's proven and if, the, you know, and, and, and ready to go, ready to win a championship and go from there. Because I think you've got um, some guys in that roster, like 
who you got some spots. You know, Noah Vonleh just hasn't worked out. He hasn't played much. You got Justin Jackson, Blake Griffin. You, you know, you love him for his leadership, and you can play him here and there. But obviously, you know, they don't want to play him too much. Uh, they they want to play him in spot moments. Um, you know, so you got some roster spots available. And I know they got to make a decision on Vonley and Jackson in the next week or so. Um, but bringing a guy, and if it's too, if it's if it's embarrassment of riches or whatever, that's fine. If he doesn't play, he's going to be on a championship roster. But bringing a guy that you think can help your team get over the top. Do not be content with this roster that you put together, even though it's gotten you the best record in the NBA and the 26-11 record and all that stuff. We've seen over the last three weeks, Warren, the Celtics are not a flawless team and they can use some help. You know, I think Gary, those are great points, you know, and the best championship teams are never satisfied, right? So Celtics aren't a championship team level. They're in the conversation. So they can't be satisfied with having the best record, you know, winning the Eastern conference, even getting the NBA finals. It's about getting over that proverbial hump. And you're right. I think they do need some assistance, you know, in that by, in terms of some, not a roster overhaul, but definitely, you know, a roster tweak. And what are the things you can do on those edges? Um, and it's interesting because I agree with you. They do need help rebounding. They, maybe they need another big. Is it a stretch four type of type of player who can guide rebounding, can still fit Mozilla scheme shooting a three at the clip that the Celtics are currently doing, you know, or veteran guys that you alluded to in Carmelo and Dwight. And I, I'm not quite sure where this is going to end up because, as you alluded to, because of the salaries that they could move, they're paltry and don't make up enough for maybe guys that they would actually potentially want unless you have to wait till after the trade deadline and that proverbial buyout market yeah, um, and see if anybody is then be then becomes available. One guy who I think we've talked about some weeks ago it will be coming into the season um, and it's still in the veteran ilk, if you will. Is there any interest uh, that you think the Celtics would have in, in finally making the reunion, not the, not the reunion, a union with the Marcus Cousins in any, in any capacity? Yeah, I think that is an interesting question. I think they're I think they're worried about more about the chemistry aspect of DeMarcus Cousins, but I also think that he's learned his less I think his last few stops he hasn't been an issue or whatever. And I do think they need some toughness on, on that floor. Um I think people were like, Well, when Robert Williams gets back, they're gonna be like Robert Robert is not a super high volume rebounder. He's more of a you know, he's a defender. Uh, a guy who can score at the rim, uh, but he's not that dude who's going to get you 22 rebounds or 18 right. boards or, or or things like that. He's going to, you know, and then you also want to keep him on on a, on a bubble wrap kind of situation. You don't, you're not going to play him 30 minutes a game either. And so you've got that, and then you got Al. Al, uh, you know, I believe, you know, is kind of slowing down a little bit. He's had, you know, he has his moments. You know, he's steady as Al has been throughout his career, a steady player, but, you know, to depend on him to, you know, to get you, you know, 14 and, and nine every night, probably just ain't him anymore. There's going to be some seven and sixes. There's going to be a couple of, uh, you know, there, there might be a 10 and 10 here and there. So I think if you got stability and there's guys out there, you know, on the market or sorry, you know, who, could probably help you who are who are kind of not playing in other rosters who you know could be a, a guy you could move a, Pey a Peyton Pritchard for a guy who's not making a lot of money who maybe went to another club and, and it hasn't worked out a guy who could just you know get 
gobble up some rebounds for you. I, I do think they need that big. Then, you know, DeMarcus is a, is a possibility, but is he a little long in the tooth? You know, he's, he's got the knee surgeries. You know, he's, 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 he's had some injury issues, even though, uh, unbelievably, Warren, he's only 32. I mean, which is just amazing. It seems like he's been around for 20 years, 15 years, but he's only 32. Um, you know, but, man, when you hit that 30, like I was watching John Wall the other night when the Clippers came in, and you could just see he's not quite – like that explosion isn't quite there anymore. You know right. what I'm saying? Like and you, and it's, it's hard because you see these guys – I remember seeing John Wall during the 2010 finals. He was working out with a bunch of other guys at UCLA. So me and some reporters went to see, you know, him work out. I think he was preparing. I think he was. Uh, I think he was entering his um, freshman, about to enter his freshman year at Kentucky. So it was like, whoa, okay, this guy is the future. Look at this guy, you know, just freakish athlete, runs the floor like a, like you know, like a deer, gazelle. And and now at 32, you know, you can see those miles. And the thing about uh, DeMarcus, what will you ask of him? Can he play 20, 25 minutes? You know, uh, would you – I think with Blake there, you, I think they feel like, okay, they have like kind of their emergency big. Right. Um, but, like, I think your idea of a stretch four, because we, we have not talked about at all, and understandably – Danilo Gallinari at all because he was supposed to be that guy. Now will he be back for the playoffs? Will will they rush him back? What's going to happen with him? We don't know. Um, that could be another quote unquote acquisition that they get in April. Now uh, that that'll be what seven months, eight months from his ACL. It's early. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's kind of pushing it. Yeah, you know, we're not talking about a. Who came back? Was it Adrian Peterson who came back? Uh, came back in yeah, like yeah, six, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like six months from. <laughs> we ain't talking about Adrian Peterson here from uh, 2012 or whatever that was, but um, you know, that's the guy that they could use. To be honest with you, is Gallinari, and unfortunately, he's in. You know, he's traveling with the team. He's around, but he's in rehab. He's you know, it's going to be some months. So um, I think a stretch four might be exactly what they need, but those guys are, are hard to find, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think we're just going to have to to wait and see, especially in February rolls around, who becomes available, what teams become sellers. And as we know, Warren, with this play play-in tournament, now every freaking team thinks they have a shot. Yeah. So the, 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 the amount of guys who are available aren't as plentiful anymore because teams who are – four games out of the play-in or like, you know, in, in, in the old days, two, three years ago, they'd be like, yeah, we got no shot at the playoffs, but now they got a shot at the play-in, so they're not going to make a move. So it'll be all, I think, shake out over the next several weeks. But I do think, like you said, a stretch four or a, a, a space-eating five would help them, who can produce, could help them. Yeah, yeah, I think those are all great points. And as we alluded to, I think, you know, as you alluded to, six weeks away from the from the trade deadline, um, I my sense of it is that there's probably not a deal right now that they can make, um, and it's probably the buyout market more than anything else. But I would be surprised if they just stand completely pat. Like something, they'll do something to improve this roster one way or another. So I love that New Year's resolution for you from Gary. Uh, you know, making sure that they at least get somebody to improve this roster. 
And I'm going to give you mine one more from a, you know, almost a nerdy basketball standpoint, but I don't want your take on this. So right now the Celtics are um, second in three point attempts, second three point makes eighth in three point percentage. They are fifth in two point percentage, but 29th in two point attempts. <laughs> I want to see the Boston Celtics take a couple more twos <laughs> this in this new year, especially when things are not going right for them. Um, Tatum and Brown and Tatum's getting to the line. You know, I think one of the highest rates he's had, if not the highest in his career, Brown can, I think, can get the line a little bit more as well too, but even outside of them, it's the Marcus Smarks of the world. It's the Grant Williams and they've all become good or acceptable three point shooters. But I think as a roster, I would love to see those two point attempts, not be 29th in the league with the fifth best, fifth best percentage. So if you can bring that to even 18, 19 somewhere that get into not out of the bottom third you know what i mean and, and maintain that level of percentage shooting um i think this team will have even a higher level of efficiency and we'll be able to get our get out of ruts when those do come because you cannot just consistently say okay the three ball will be the home run the elixir that we need every single time that's my take on it that's why i want to see for the new year gary what are your thoughts on more two pointers from the Boston Celtics? warren you speak to the choir <laughs> this team takes me damn threes. They fall in love with it, and they're not hitting them. I look at the Denver game. They start out three for 19, um, and then they're trying to rally because Denver hit those. Denver hit, you know, Denver took theirs and hit theirs, and the Celtics didn't. And it's to the point now, it's like, you know, I'm not like it's, it's it, the three point is such an allure. It's such a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's such a, an attractive feature scored you know 50 percent more points per possession a three yep. instead of a two but there's something to be said about getting that damn easy two throwing a lob to rob um marcus smart in the post Jalen with the mid-range tatum with the mid-range as you said the reason why they're fifth uh percentage because they got guys who hit twos right they got guys you know robert scores at the rim jason with the fadeaway um Jalen with the step back, Marks with the post up. They've got guys who can put the ball in the hole from inside the arc. But I just think they fall in love with the three. They like – and it's it's great when you can, let's say, you know, hit seven of your first nine and really put a team in the hole, and all of a sudden they're, they're – but that doesn't happen all the time. I just look at the Denver game. They started three for 19. Um, they didn't hit one in the second quarter. Right, I think they were three for four. I think okay, 14 of their 24 attempts in the first quarter against Denver were three pointers. They hit three, they went 0 for five in the second, so they were three for 19 at halftime. Like, and, you know, and then, and then Denver hit all their damn three. Denver was it was very good from beyond the arc, you know, beyond what they you know, you predict, you know, like you. the numbers, they just blew out the numbers. Their normal numbers. They're a solid three-point shooting team. Uh, they were very, very, very good in that game. But I, I just think sometimes they can shoot themselves out the game. The Celtics with the three-point shot. They, you know, especially. I mean, I've just seen some air balls. You know, Malcolm's hit shot a couple of air ball. You know, like I think it was one possession. Malcolm took a pull-up three. No not man, it's not 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 your game. You know, like shooting the flow of the game, and you're. He's shooting a good percentage with the, the pull-up three. That's for three to four guys in this league. Like, you bets hit that shot. Right. Steph, Clay, at times Tatum, 
or whatever. There's certain guy, you know what I'm saying? Trey, we all know, and and you let like leave that for them. On the break, if you need a bucket, get the two if you need that two. Don't pull up for a like a hit or miss, you know, all or nothing three. And I, you're right, Warren. I do think they need to take more two-point shots, focus in scoring in the paint, and, you know, get some buckets. It's okay if they hit a three. It's okay to hit a two. You don't have to go for three, then you miss, then you hit another three, then you're, it's a six-nothing run. You, you, you just you, you got to be better at that, and I think that's something they can improve on. Yeah, I, I love that, Gary. And I think you know when you watch basketball, there's a lot of times right now my stepson's playing basketball, and it's obviously at the high school level. And um, I see the team get pressed. And, and you just realize a lot of times how things game flow, how you let another team dictate your pace. So the same thing, when people are pressing, you feel like, oh, right now I got to speed up. Well, really, again, suppressed, you're supposed to kind of slow down, ball fake, you know, get cut and get to spots, as opposed to trying to go 1,000 miles an hour. And it's the same thing when the other teams are hitting threes, you don't try to do that match for match if that's not your game. Like, you know what? Hey, well, they'll eventually cool off, especially if you continue to get in the basket. And so with that fifth percentage, you know, fifth percentage in terms of two-point makes on the year, they're also first in free throw percentage this year. So they shouldn't be afraid of getting contact and going to the line because they're knocking down their free throws. So to me, I think that is an easy fix that can get Boston to be at, at another level of efficiency the rest of this year um, and, and and definitely hopefully into the playoffs as well too because, again, you just cannot always rely on that. And if you take a couple and the first ones don't go in, get to the basket and hopefully somebody on the floor will make a play call or try to run something that gets them going to the basket in a more demonstrative manner. Unfortunately, the Celtics are now 22nd in points in the paint this year. So maybe they're not going to just go here and just, you know, uh, you know, run, run wild out there, but definitely those mid range shots as again, a lot of great mid range shooters on this team. So I'd love to see that happen for them, you know, for the rest of this year. So I think those are two great new year's resolutions for the Boston Celtics. Gary saying, Hey, let's go ahead and try to add more talent. Don't be content. With, with the roster as it is and mine is definitely to shoot some more damn two-pointers you know what I mean? be a little bit more efficient you know and get things going i think this is a great addition here first new year's edition of believe in celtics brought to you by ben online so the celtics are have a quite an interesting stretch you would think oh it's you know they're going on the road against okc and the spurs two teams they never play well against <laughs> especially yeah. on the road um so and then of course another damn game in dallas um, and Luca's playing the best basketball of his, of his absolute career right now. That's it's going to be a rough, rough week um, for for the Celtics. So hopefully they can re- rebound from this Denver Denver Nuggets game here and get some dubs. But uh, it, again, it's just not going to be easy going against those three teams who they they've had some issues with, you know, traditionally. Gary, I want to thank you as always for for joining us here and con- giving in your great insight. Thanks for all the knowledge you've provided here on Believe in Celtics. Um, he is a great guy at Washburn. Again, make sure you're following him on Twitter. Make sure you're following me on Twitter as well, too. And we'll catch you all next time here on Believe in Celtics, brought to you on Line. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.